Welcome to Ignite Visibility University Interview Edition, where we learn from the top marketers in the world, what drives them, their mistakes, their wins, and secrets to success. This podcast is brought to you by Ignite Visibility, one of the top digital marketing agencies in the nation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Ignite Visibility University. Today, I'm so excited. I have Jeff Fisher here, managing partner at LMA Advertising. Jeff is somebody who I've known for a long time. He has tremendous expertise in marketing in general, and we're going to get into all that. We're also going to get deep into media planning. Uh, But first, Jeff, how are you doing today? And welcome to the show. John, I appreciate it. I'm doing very well. I mean, how how could I complain? I'm uh, I'm in the most beautiful place in the world, right? Yeah, so we're both here in San Diego, and but you're not originally from San Diego, are you? I'm not. I actually grew up in uh, Pittsburgh and um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, so I'm used to, uh, I'll say, cold weather and snow and uh, lack of sun in Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh gets about, uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, get too hard on Pittsburgh, but probably 30 days of sun a year, so. Yeah, it's there's not a lot of sun there. So how what what's your journey kind of been like? I, I remember us speaking at one point, and you you were on the radio for a while. And how did you end up coming from there and making all your way to San Diego? Well, that's that's a great question. I I did. I spent my first uh, 19 years in the in the media marketing business in radio. First 10 on air. I did a radio show uh, in St. Louis and uh, uh, Pittsburgh. I read the news. Spent time uh, then programming radio stations. Then I realized quickly that the money was in sales and uh, found my way into the sales department one day. And I basically never left. Um, I came to San Diego to oversee sales for uh, an AM news talk radio station, which is uh, very popular in the market, uh, and then uh, got into television. I left uh, radio and and became the general manager of Cox Cable, the ad sales division, and spent a lot of time, almost 14 years, on the television side, specifically in cable. So uh, my wife says, I I just don't know how to keep a job, but I I think it's just getting an array of experience. Yeah, I think you hit an interesting point. I think a lot of people want to work on the editorial, the publishing side. You know, I worked for a magazine for a long time, but what they don't realize is when you're a writer and when you're on that side, you don't really make that great of money. Now, there's perks to it where you get kind of benefits where you might get, you know, some free stuff, you know, here and there, you know, from PR people. Um, But the, the pay is not always great. So. Well, I'll tell you a quick story. I was programming a station in Missouri, and uh, I was uh, talking to about 40 salespeople and people who understand the radio business and programming. I was basically telling them what I would and would not allow on the air in terms of sales. And I looked out this the window, and this young lady comes flying in in a BMW convertible, and uh, I said to the general manager, who is that after the meeting? He says, she's in sales. She makes about double what you make. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so yeah, For in general for sales, you know, I, I believe it's so important and so fun because you get to structure everything. You get to kind of, you know, put together, you know, I, I look at it more from the digital advertising side, the perfect campaign, create the vision, you know, put it all together. You get to help put kind of food on the plate for the people you work with. And, um, you know, that's really cool. You were at Cox. That is such a big company. What what was that role like? I mean, was it stressful? Was it demanding? Was it fun? Was it invigorating? I mean, like, what what was that energy like there? All of that, I will tell you, my real role was to develop a team. And, um, 
I would like to tell people that's probably what, what I'm best at. It, it was a lot of corporate pressure, uh, unlike uh, what you have now, which you own your own uh, company and I own my own company. A lot more corporate pressure. Um, but a, a lot of uh, a lot of happiness in the sense that you were on the front lines of everything technologically that was happening in the cable industry. Specifically uh, in San Diego, we were the first ones to insert uh, advertising, uh, what they call video on demand, and we were the first ones in the country to do that. So you saw a lot of the new technology. We were able to play with it a little bit, um, but really my role was to develop a team, and uh, we had the Padres back then. We were the television partner for the Padres, and working directly with a major uh, league franchise uh, sports team was also uh, something I really enjoyed getting to know those people and uh, the ins and outs of how to put a good team on the field, which uh, hopefully the Padres will do eventually. So yeah, it was fun. One, one of these days. We're, I'm from San Diego. I want to see him do that too. So, so specifically, you were in charge of selling the media space for Cox Assets and that's kind of how you, you got so good at this media planning side because you got to see that side before putting it together for clients like you're doing now. Is, is that correct? Well, yes. And I'd say that's really my competitive advantage in the marketplace is I spent 30, almost 31 years on the other side of the desk from what I do now. Um, we, we inserted, if you will, all the local advertising on the cable channels uh, in San Diego. And then I also oversaw Orange County for a while. Uh, so Southern uh, LA, if you will, or Southern Orange County. Um, yes, we inserted all the advertising, not only in the Padres, but on ESPN and Fox News and CNN and all the local uh, advertising you saw came through our organization. The dirty little secret, uh, funny, is that cable was out billing every uh, broadcast uh, television station. And for those who don't know, broadcast would be your ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. And it was interesting because it was a fun time to be in cable. That, of course, as you well know, is all changing as the technology has changed and the cord cutting is hitting and the way people get their television, or I'll just call it video, is changing rapidly. And so I don't think we could replicate those types of successes today based on technology. But yes, we, we were on the cutting edge of all that back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And so now you're, you're at LMA Advertising, you're a managing partner. I've known you for a long time. We've put together some great media plans, us doing some digital, you doing um, really everything else and a lot of the top level strategy for, for some amazing clients. And I've seen you do your work and I, I think it's just amazing. So, so when we're working together or when you're working on your own, and of course we have many accounts that don't touch, you know, and you're, and you're putting together a media plan, say you've got like, you know, a, a company, maybe they've got a $5 million, a $10 million budget, and they're a national company. I mean, like, how do you start kind of approaching that? What's your strategy look like? And, and how do you know where to put the money? Because for one thing, for me, it's, it's so confusing with so many different areas they can advertise, you know, off, offline, online, wherever, right? So, so tell me a little bit about your approach. I think the listeners would love to hear about it. Well, thank you for, for saying that. I, I, I look, the very first thing I look at is the sales funnel. So in any, in any company, um, 
and think about the way you make a purchasing decision. There's a sales funnel, and that goes from awareness to interest to research to consider purchasing down to purchasing. What I like to do is sit with clients and say, let's talk about this funnel. Because depending on where you're at in this funnel, there are certain strategies and tactics that I would use to to uh, make you better in those areas. For instance, you know, I always tell the story there is a, a, a file in everyone's head for every product and service. If I set a certain product or service, immediately you think of a company. Well, if if I'm working with somebody and I and I mention, let's say, um, an auto body collision repair center and that particular company, nobody knows who they are, then I need to spend some time on awareness. I need to get people to understand who they are, why they're in that space, and what's their competitive advantage. So we'll take a look at the sales funnel first. Then we'll look at research. I'm very much analytic, you know, analytically driven. I like to look at research. Where are your consumers? What are they consuming? What types of mediums are they consuming? How long? How much? Uh, and then, of course, we tend to take, you know, obviously not everybody can afford to be everywhere. So what makes the most sense? And we sit down and probably pour over as much research as we can before we actually put that media plan together. But, you know, I think it all goes back to that sales funnel. If I'm going to, if I'm really not doing well at the end of that funnel, uh, I'm going to spend more money in digital media because let's face it, that's where people are, are making their online or making their purchasing decisions. They're going online, they're comparing certain companies to others, and that's of course where your your Yelps and these come into play in terms of online reviews. And then, you know, can we get them to pull the trigger and ask for a quote or, or, or come in? So that all goes into it. It's 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 not something we think of in a day or two. We spend, you know, days thinking about what makes the most sense for this particular client based on where they are in the sales funnel and uh, what we need to do to increase their business. Because the bottom line, as you well know, John, marketing is really just a tool to solve a business challenge. And whatever that business challenge is, we've got to figure out what's the best marketing tool to help to help do that. Does that make sense? It does. And, and, you know, one of the things that's interesting, I feel like a lot of people got really excited about digital marketing, you know, over the last um, really 10 years. And over the last five, it started to get a little bit more saturated. I'm seeing that inventory and cost per impression and, and that awareness building, you know, through TV and connected TV is becoming less expensive. And, and for me, you know, working with larger and larger companies now, I just see so much value there. And I feel like people got really hot on digital cost per acquisition, but they forgot about how important it is to create awareness, especially around a new product or a new service line. And everything can't just be, you know, demand driven. Some things need to be awareness driven. So, you know, one question I would ask for you, you know, so say, that you had, you know, a $10 million budget in California, you know, what does that specific ratio look like for TV and for radio? And, and what would you use for, for awareness? Like, how would you, how would you kind of structure something like that? And, and feel free to comment on any of those other points I made as well. Well, I think that is the million dollar question. Honestly, we get asked that by every single advertiser we were or every single company we work with. What percentage should I put into digital? What percentage should I put into uh, even internal employees versus uh, versus branding and, and traditional media? It depends on the product. It depends on how crowded the field is. But let's take your, 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 your example of $10 million. You know, I'm probably going to put, uh, you know, 40 to 50% in traditional media. 
depending on where they're at in that brand awareness. So then I would take a look at, uh, let's, let's take television. If I were going to use TV, I probably am going to focus on a product or service that's aimed to a 35 plus individual. Because when you start looking at the, the consumption of television, you know, it's over six or seven hours a day for somebody over the age of 55. Um, so when you look at television and look at it from that critical eye, you'll see a lot of products aimed at an older adult because they're there. That's where you can reach them. And that's where they get to know who your product or service is. Um, somebody uh, more of an 18 to 49-year-old demographic, I'm probably going to spend less on that branding and more in the digital space. And that could be, could be digital TV. Um, it could be Pandora. It could be Spotify, which are obviously digital audio. So when I say digital too, I, I want I want your listeners to understand that that could be, you know, video. It could be audio. It's just it's coming in digitally. So it, it depends on the product, depends on the service, depends on where there there's a hole or a potential hole. But um, I put all of those considerations into it. And then obviously, what the new thing is for me is trackability. We're using. Um, uh, pixels we're putting on, on clients' websites to tell, you know, if a radio ad plays, what happened to their website in that 10-minute uh, period after the radio ad? Now, not all of that's going to be attributable to radio, but we do see spikes when we have uh, specifically endorsement radio. So that's what I'm excited about now is some of the, the new technologies allowing me to track what the radio, the TV, even the outdoor where they're geofencing the outdoor sign and saying this particular person drove by buy it, they saw it, and then they went to your website. So I think trackability is helping me make better informed decisions as it relates to, to all of this in general, which has been something the digital side has had for a while, and that's really been, been the advantage of digital if you think about it. So talk to, that's interesting. Talk to me about one thing that you really hit on is, is and that is a piece of what you're talking about was, was the advertisement side. And when I think about TV and I don't do a lot of this, but I, I do run ads on the Google Display Network. So I know the exact advertisement that I would run on the exact website and I can overlay it with the exact demographic and things like that. So I have that going through my head. But what goes through your head when you pick a TV station and you pick an advertisement? And, and now with the advertisements lately, are you getting more people who are trying to create conversion-based TV ads? So, you know, call us now, or are you getting more people who are more awareness-based? Are there any trends that are, that are around there? Well, there are, and there's two kinds. We do both direct response advertising um, on television, and that's where you're buying just a ton of commercials. Typically, that's on cable. You're buying a ton of commercials aimed at a specific demographic. Um, and so with that, you're putting tracking numbers on it. Obviously, uh, you're running, you know, I don't know if this will make sense, but you're running, you know, 800 to 900 rating points a week. Uh, you are really trying to get that out there and to get somebody to do something. Um, then there are those ads that are more, um, you know, creating brand awareness. And those, you again, you look for specific channels or specific programs that fit that demographic. For instance, uh, if you are right now, uh, let's just say we do some political advertising here, you are not looking for Republicans, so you don't necessarily buy Fox News.
Jews or Democrats, you're looking for independents, those people that uh, have an ability to affect an election. And so we do a lot of research on which networks, which programs are aimed or are targeted to that particular demographic, in this case, independent voters. So it, it just depends on what you're trying to do. I don't like direct response TV unless it's national. Uh, doing it on a local level is too difficult. Uh, so if you've watched uh, cable at late at night, you're going to see a lot of direct response advertising, like the pillow guy. You know, he's out there running, running uh, you know, uh, 300 commercials a night uh, across 10 to 20 networks, and, and that's getting the direct response. You think he's making any money, the pillow guy? I mean, he must be if he's doing it so much. <laughs> Totally is. I'll tell you, direct response television and direct response radio, there are metrics associated with that on a weekly basis. They put out there how many calls came in. Usually they have a dedicated phone number, so they so they go to that. And in direct response, this is an interesting statistic, in direct response advertising, usually if somebody goes to your website, it's about a 3 to 5% conversion, meaning that 3 to 5% of those people who went from an ad on TV to your website will convert into a sale. If they actually call you, that number's closer to 30 to 35%. So you're trying to drive calls, um, but there's a ton of metrics around that. There's a ton of metrics on what's working and what's not working, and people make weekly buying decisions based on that. So yes, it's working for them or you wouldn't be doing it. So is, is TV, I mean, you touched on something there and you talk, talked about national. And when I, I think about TV and radio and a lot of the over-the-top stuff, I think about our larger clients, usually the ones who, I would say almost over $20 million in revenue. But I, in San Diego, I see people um, who are local businesses who are advertising. So like, when's the right time to get started in television? Like, what budget do you really need to get started? And then, and then walk me through a little bit of like, right when you start all the way up to like a mature national campaign, like when you have everything firing, like what's, what's that um, look like? Well, good question. Uh, I would not go into television. Let's just take a market the size of uh, uh, Phoenix or San Diego or, you know, a market that size. Unless you have at least ten to $15,000 a month to invest in television, I would advise you not to go there. Um, and again, it's a, what are you trying to accomplish with that television? If you're trying to create some brand awareness, you may buy a television show with a high reach. Coming up this summer is the Olympics. And which will be on NBC. Um, the cost to get in the Olympics is not inexpensive, but the reach you get is extremely high. I wouldn't use it uh, to do a direct response campaign, but to make people aware of who you are, then, you know, an Olympics is a good place. Uh, the Super Bowl obviously is cost prohibitive, even on a local basis where, you know, a market like San Diego or Phoenix, that local ad for the Super Bowl is a hundred to $200,000 for, you know, a 30 second commercial. That's not something I would, adv would advise a, a new advertiser to do. It's just not worth it. Um, but, you, you really want to create a consistent campaign. You want to be on as often as you can, but unless you're willing to invest at least 15, you know, ten dollars to $15,000 a month, it's not worth it. Now, if you want to go national, that depends on di distribution. So whether you have brick and mortar, obviously, or whether you're just, you know, have a, a, a distribution house where you're selling these products through. Again, you have to look at your cost, 
what's my return on that investment and you know does it make sense i will tell you the average national direct response television spend uh, spender is probably doing 100 to 200,000 dollars a week in television so it's not an inexpensive uh, venture yeah that's those are kind of the numbers that i was thinking and and that that sounds about right and i have a couple clients um, that are, uh, you know, hundreds of millions, right, is, is what they spend there. So that, that's really interesting to me. And, and one of the things that, that I've learned by sitting in kind of these, you know, all-day media planning things is that there's been some new innovations that have gone in and happened in, in, in television and radio and tracking. And it, it seems like all of these um, older mediums are really getting more mature and, and more innovative, and they're finding out new ways to create attribution, um, because the marketers really want to know if I ran that ad, you know, did it convert? So I, I've heard um, about you know some of the some of the um, tracking abilities. So talk to me just a little bit about um, any type of geofencing. Talk to me a little bit about any new ways that people are tracking these mediums, and just any new innovations that you're excited about right now uh, in the field. Well, I would say that is tracking. I mean, there's a there's a couple of different products out there. Leads RX, uh, TV Squared. Um, these are products that again are are taking a look at your Google Analytics as well as just in general. They got a pixel on your website, and when when those ads run, what happens is at the end of the week you put in all the run times of your ads, and you see what happened to the website. They create through algorithms a basic line of web activity, let's say, and then they overlay that with radio commercials or TV commercials or as I mentioned with outdoor where they'll put a uh, where they'll geofence the board so they know who went by it um, yeah those are getting to be a lot more effective because uh, you, you you hit the nail on the head the advertisers or the businesses are demanding it you know the old adage 50 percent of it doesn't work I don't know which 50 is no longer uh, acceptable to anybody and so they have to figure out what is working and what's working the best and what's my cost per lead we we have a national client that's a medical client and every week we track where did he or she have the best results and what mediums uh believe it or not for this particular product newspaper is performing so again it just depends on on the product but um yeah i think tracking is the key and it was the, you know it was necessary for these mediums to compete because what what we saw and, and we've been at this a long time is that the pendulum swung about four or five years ago where everybody said i need to just be on the digital side and we had advertisers that said just put it all into digital and all of a sudden they said wait a minute you know my 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 branded uh, searches went to nothing yeah, I suppose because you lost your brand, <laughs> yeah. and you got to keep that brand out there. So I think it's coming back, and I think we're trying to find a sweet spot. That's one thing I love working with you guys is you're 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 very good at that, um, and I think that in the end it benefits the uh, the company that we're working with. Yeah, I, I really agree. And, and one of the things that, you know, you might think about Ignite, you know, we drive a ton of leads for ourselves every month, but we we do a lot of awareness stuff that people don't know about. So um, just a ton on YouTube, a ton on display network, a little bit of connected TV stuff. And it's mostly, you know, me creating content and just kind of putting it out there and people start clicking on ads and learning about us. They go further down in the funnel and they eventually convert. And, and that's, that's a, a little bit about how our marketing works. So um, you got to keep building the brand. I think the brand 
over time for any business is the most important thing. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from you over the last five or six years, um, you know, watching you and learning about it. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is sometimes some of our clients have a celebrity who um, endorses their product and sometimes they don't. And I just wanted to ask you, what goes into your mind, whether or not you're recommending a celebrity endorsement? You know, is that right for every business? Who's the right person for that? That's a great question. We have a national client called Swiss America that is sells gold and uh, silver coins. And we use a gentleman by the name of Pat Boone, who you probably don't know, but Pat was a an actor and a singer in the 50s and has been around for an awfully long period of time. He has He's a great endorser of that product because the product is aimed at an older adult. Um, I think it depends. You know, we I worked with a company. We used Mike Ditka, the former Bears head coach, uh, for for an aftermarket auto uh, warranty program that worked very well. I don't recommend it all times because you know people also have opinions of these people, and sometimes they're not always favorable. So you have to ask yourself: Am I am I getting with a particular person or personality that? Uh, people identify with and most importantly like you know the reason radio morning show hosts do so well is because the listener identifies with that person and they want to try the products and services that that they use so that's why I use you know some endorsements on radio Um, it's a great question John I don't think there's a a great answer other than to say is that person somebody that the public that you're trying to reach identifies with likes and is likely to try the product because they try it and if the answers come up yes yes and yes then, then it's probably worth the investment yeah, I think that's a perfect answer. You know, does their following kind of match the buyer persona? And um, if that's the case, then then there's a there's a chance it might might make sense. I've seen Capital One just you know getting so many large celebrities involved in those campaigns must cost a fortune. Um, oh, it does. Tens of millions, I would think, um, a year to to get for those contracts to run an annual campaign to those celebrities. Um, so. So, yeah, so really interesting stuff. And as we're kind of winding down here, I, you know, I want to ask you a couple more questions about marketing and then ask you a sure. few things about, you know, what's coming up next for you and what's big for you. But, you know, on the marketing side, you know, what's the good, what's a good marketing plan look like for 2020? Um, what types of things are you recommending in general, like with the full kind of scope of service offerings, you know, walk me through that as far as, you know, where your head's at. Well, I think, first of all, let's take a look at how well your brand is, is known. Um, if it's not known, then let's, let's, we would put together a, a brand awareness campaign. Uh, if it is well known, then how do we keep it out there? You still have to keep it out there, but you probably don't spend as much. Um, I am loving the products that are on the uh, digital side. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is that we, we have the retargeting and the, and the native advertising and all those things go well into how people are making decisions. So, you know, if I've got a good brand, I'm going to keep it out there. Uh, if I want to get more people into my website and showing more interest into my product, I'm going to be uh, heavily into digital, specifically native advertising. Um, and then how are we converting? What are the conversion points? And how can I get drive conversions to you know, whatever they're going to construe as a conversion, whether it's a lead fill out or a call or something like that, and what seems to be pulling for them? So I, I, I'm 
jazzed about Native. I, I love it. Um, and I think that's a big part of all of our, uh, uh, you know, companies that we work with. We're using a lot more of that. Um, so I, as the technology continues to evolve, um, we are going to continue to look and look to guys like you to tell us, you know, what we should be doing. I, I have a guy who's heavily into the artificial, intelli- uh, artificial intelligence uh, area, and he's telling me about some of the things that they're doing on a marketing side. And uh, I'm listening to him going, man, that, that stuff is just crazy, and it's actually working. It's getting to the point where, you know, through artificial intelligence, they're able to tell what some is going to do before they know they're going to do it and being in front of them uh, with that product or service is, is kind of an interesting thing so i think the future is bright for marketing in general i think the, the it's a crowded area i think there's a lot of different ways you can do it but i think you get with a good firm who understands that and you work close with them i think you'll find some success yeah, I think it is. I think it is a crowded area. It's just for me, I just see people who only do SEO, or I see people who only do, you know, maybe radio. And um, it's just crazy now. So, you know, I've got people, um, current clients, you know, they're really interested in TikTok. I've got clients who have built a whole business model off of Snapchat. You know, we've got um, clients who've built a whole business off of Instagram and they've never even touched email or push notifications. They don't have a chat bot. They've never done TV, they've never done radio. There's so many different ways to slice and dice it. And so that's why um, you and I, we've always kind of aligned on this cost per acquisition framework, looking at what's working, scaling what's working and and kind of moving it forward. Um, So I had a a couple other questions for you and, and, and kind of wanted to ask you, you know, What's exciting in your life right now? Anything big coming up that you want people to know about? Any big new initiatives? Or are you just uh, doing the day-to-day? Anything exciting going on? Well, I, my exciting to me now, I got to tell you, is uh, grandkids. Uh, I got two grandkids. It's, uh, for those of you who don't uh, and who are perhaps going to have it someday, it's you know, children are the most, uh, you know, prize and gifted thing you can be given. But I'll tell you, grandchildren aren't too far behind them. I enjoy them more <laughs> than anything. Um, mostly, uh, John, because I can give them back at the end of the night. But uh, I love I love my grandkids. Uh, my wife and I, I work, I work in the business with my wife, which has its own set of challenges we could spend two hours on. But, um, you know, I, I, I work with her. We are in the process of buying a building. Uh, to move our to move our company to, so wow. I'm looking at doing that. And that I got to be honest, I just started that process and got I got an offer accepted, and uh, that's a full time job going through uh, getting the, the all of the documents done and <gasps> all of the inspections done, and and it's just it's it's occupying a lot of my time. I'll be happy when it's over, but I think it's well worth the investment. So I, I would say grandkids buying a building and uh, and working day to day in this business is keeping. Me pretty pretty occupied (laughs) that's very cool well um thank you so much for being on today and everybody i just want to let you know um jeff is a really a fantastic media planner and you know his knowledge of national campaigns is um is really cool to see i've been in so many presentations at least 15 a year for the last five years watching put together national media plans for businesses and um, and he's he really does a great job educating and bringing it all together. So uh, so Jeff, thank you so much for being on today. Where can people find out more about you and um, and reach out? Well, John, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Yeah, you can reach out to me at lmaworldwide.com. 
and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you about uh, whatever you wanted to talk about. But that's probably the best way. See, I send them digitally, lmaworldwide.com. So thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. And I would say for your listeners, uh, you do one heck of a job. And uh, I love the way you look at marketing and the way that you, uh, you actually put plans together as well on your side. So thank you for having me today. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on, uh, Jeff. We appreciate it. Have a good day, and we'll talk to you soon. You bet.